Welcome to Season 5 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I'm still your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. The program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you if you have needs in any of those areas. You can reach him at 205 205- 3267364. Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back and thanks for listening in. Allow me just a moment to share with you something personal today. It's pretty early in the week. I'm recording on Tuesday, September the 5th, and early this morning, one of my inner circle best friends in life, Tony Mock, passed away. He was diagnosed with cancer four months ago, and we've been together and prayed together all throughout the summer, but ultimately it was not God's plan for him to recover, and he has passed on. If nothing else, take a moment today and pray for his family, his wife, Della, his son, Brett, and his family, his daughter, Shelly, the Decker Prairie Church, where he has preached for the last 14 years, and if you don't mind, pray for those of us who loved him very deeply. I also think there are elements of his life that I've been thinking through today that connect very well with the quotation that I'll be sharing with you and some of today's content. Tony was gifted some wonderful things from God, and he understood that those abilities and blessings from God were important, and he needed to give attention to them, to develop them, to seek excellence in those areas where God had invested in him because those things really mattered. A couple that stand out to me, having known him for 22 years, one of them is his ability to preach and teach the gospel. He devoted a great amount of time cultivating that gift to share the truth to the best of his ability and to influence people, and he became excellent in that area of his life. I also think about him as a father. God gifted him with two children, Brett and Shelly, and just being an average dad wasn't going to cut it. God had invested two great in him with these children, and so I saw a man who strove for excellence in the kind of father and leader that he was. And that's the kind of language I want you to think about today, the different areas where God has invested in you, where he has built abilities into you, and the choices you are making with them. And to the extent that those things are notably important to you, or if you were at the end of your life, you will one day admit that they are important to you, Let's just both agree that just coming in average on that is unacceptable. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be excellent or elite, as you'll hear today, in every category. Sometimes we just don't have the gifts, and sometimes, honestly, it just doesn't matter. Tony and I played a thousand rounds of golf, and he was not excellent at that. And I know he would grin at me if he heard me say that. He was pretty good in his younger years, closer to average in those later years, with a few bright spots here and there. But you know what? Golf doesn't require excellence in order to enjoy because it just isn't as important or crucial as other things. Can you make those distinctions with the various things that you're engaging in in your life? Things where average is fine because it isn't that important and things where excellence is demanded by God and hopefully of yourself. Okay, I could talk all day and reflect on things I loved about Tony. I've been doing that all day with friends and family. 
But let me set all of this into a context so that maybe you can find some immediate benefit in your life. So back in 2019, Nick Saban, who is the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, super famous and successful, was giving a public speech, and he was quoting something he had recently heard from a guy named Freddie Kitchens, who at the time was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm going to give you the whole quote, but here's my preamble to this. This is kind of like the parables that Jesus told. It has the power, if you're willing to give it attention, to impact directly various areas in your life and maybe even the entire trajectory of your life. However, if you aren't careful and you don't give it real attention, it may blip in and out of your mind and you may never think about it again. I'm encouraging you to pursue that first path with me for just 15 minutes. So here is the short quote. You know, we actually have about five choices in our life. We can be bad at what we do. We can be average at what we do. We can be good at what we do, which is probably God's expectation for whatever ability he gave us. Or we can be excellent, or we can be elite. Everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you've got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have a special focus. You have to have a special commitment and drive and passion to do things at a high level and a high standard all the time. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. That probably can make you good. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure if you ever get to excellent or elite. And that's the part that we're trying to get to. So to me, this is a rich quote, and the longer I think about it, the more ways I find to use it, and so I want to break down just a few little pieces and then get into application in the back half. Firstly, our title today is Five Life Choices, and when I first ran across this video, it was on social media somewhere, the first thing he said was, you know, we actually have about five choices in our life, and I was not expecting the kind of list that he made. I was expecting, like, where you go to school or who you marry, or what your occupation is. I was thinking more in terms of like five major choices that you make. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying in many choices that you make, there are five options. He said those options are, you can be bad at it, average, good, excellent, or elite. Now here's the first thing that hit me. I think if you and I were giving a one to five grade scale for how good of a student we were, or a father I am, or how committed I am to Christ, we would probably put average in the middle, right? Like number three would be average. The first two would be some measure below it, and the last two would be some measure above it. The first thing I really appreciate about this list is that average is the second thing. Average is below average. He says good is the middle, Being good at it is basically the baseline. If God has given you some ability, some mental capacity, some opportunity, and you have the skills to do it, like middle of the road is to be good at it. And I have to tell you, I'm just kind of in love with this idea. Wouldn't you say when you look at the world around you, and I haven't even really gotten specific yet, but anything you see people trying to do that let's say is worthwhile, or maybe even that really matters, Would you say that the average of what people around you do is actually a pretty low bar? I think the first thing we should do today is just revoke average as unacceptable. 
maybe it's always been true in every culture, but if I'm like, what's an average dad like, or an average church member, or an average employee, that generally gives a negative connotation. So I like that he says, on the underscale, you can be just downright bad at it, or you can be average, but neither of those things are acceptable. At the very least, if God is with you and you have the ability, you can put in some work and you can be good. But on the other side of the scale, if it's something that you really love, that is central to your life, like your family or your faith, or in the case of Tony, his ability to preach, I mean, is good what you're shooting for? He said what we're talking about is becoming excellent and maybe even elite. Now, elite is a better word for athletes because it just means they're at the tip of the spear, they're the top 1%. And when you talk about family or faith, elite may have a prideful connotation to it. But I think you understand what he means. I don't want to be a good dad. I want to be a great dad. I want to be the best dad these kids could have ever had. Now, the key is, whatever that is for you, you have to decide this matters. God is invested in me, this is in front of me, and this is important. But my thing is, once you've made that decision, make good the floor, and let's see what some effort can do from there. A second thing, and we've already kind of talked about it, is that he twice mentions God in this in terms of God seeding abilities in you. And I love the idea that, you know, what God does is good. God doesn't do bad, and he doesn't do average, so just based on what you have to work with from the Lord, good is possible for you. But I think he's also acknowledging something that you need to accept. God invests. He plants. There are these great parables where the master gives them the funds and then leaves for a while. He doesn't give them the multiplication. He gives them the currency they need to multiply. He doesn't give them the field of wheat. He gives them the seeds to plant and manage. To just look at this in a spiritual way, I just wonder in your life and in mine, what are areas where you could tell me right now, God has invested in me. God has given me the word. God has given me a community. God has given me a family. God has given me all these opportunities. He has planted in me these seeds, this ability. He's put this currency in. And if I don't tend that, it'll be good. It'll just kind of naturally end up being above average. But what if that's not good enough anymore? What if God expects more? What if you expect more of yourself? Maybe instead of asking God to fix it or make it better or change it or complaining that God hasn't turned it into something, what if our language changed to thank you, God, for making it possible Thank you, God, for putting all of the tools right here in me and around me. That has worked out good. I think I was supposed to say well, but, you know, good fits the thing, and I was homeschooled. But you know what, God? I'm going to take the good that you have put in me, and I'm going to make it great. Which leads us to the third point I noticed, and kind of where he was going with all of it in terms of his athletes. He says, look, everybody has a choice as to what they want to do, but if you're going to be excellent or elite— You've got to do special things. You have to have special intensity, special focus, special commitment and drive and passion to do things on a high level and at a high standard. This is why I brought up with my friend Tony golf right next to preaching. 
They're both enjoyable. He engaged in both of them for large portions of his life. But only one of those things really mattered, where God put something in him that had all of this great promise and purpose in the kingdom. And in case you're not sure which is which, I promise you it was not his chipping or putting, but it was his preaching. But that demanded special attention, a lifetime of work, daily effort, discipline, and growth. I wish I could just sit down with you at a coffee shop and ask you some questions. What are things in your life right now that you are doing that really, truly matter? Things that you know matter not only to you, but to other people around you and to God. And then I'd ask you one to five, I mean, where do you want to be on that? Is average really something you're willing to accept? Of course you'd say, I want to be excellent at that. I want to be the best I can be. Well, if you want to be special, then be special. You might be like, ooh, that's some next level instruction there, Chris, but you know what I mean. If you want to achieve a special level, then put in special effort. I've said for years in this program, everybody wants to get better, but sometimes we don't know what we want to be better in, and more often I say, people don't know what better looks like. And we work on that a lot in this program. That's what I'm asking you, like what matters versus what doesn't matter. Let's start putting the effort into the things that are valuable and taking effort away from things that are not. And let's envision this excellence. What is excellence in that category of life? And I think that's super important, but maybe we should add a third problem here. Number one is, maybe I don't know what I need to be better in. Number two, I don't have a vision for what it's like. Or number three, I just don't want to do the work. Maybe the distance just seems too far. Maybe you're just an average wife or husband, and excellence is out there, and maybe you can even picture it, but it just seems too intense, too difficult, too far. Maybe you know that you're putting emphasis on things that don't matter as much, but just the idea of culling those things out and getting your priorities straight, it just doesn't seem worth the effort. But what if you know that it is worth the effort and you can't shake that feeling that there are five levels of how you can do this and good has been your ceiling for far too long? I have to tell you, that's hitting me hard today. One of my best friends 15 years older than me, just left this earth. He did all he could do at the level that he labored to do it, and then he leaves that for his family and friends and loved ones. And it's exactly like Solomon said, the living, you and me, we take that to heart and we reevaluate. Now here's how I want to help you at the end. How do I move from average to good or good to excellent? How do I make those special focus and commitments and intensity decisions. So I've been kind of working on this process where I can ask myself a general question and I can rate it one through five, but I need to get deeper into it and subcategorize it some so that I can truly make moves upward on the scale. Here's my example for you. Maybe I ask you this question, rate your prayer life one to five. That's a very generic question. You kind of look back over your daily prayers and you come up with a number. Maybe you come up with 2.5. I'm a little bit better than average, but I wouldn't say it's good. So then I say, do stuff this week, come back next week and show me how it's better. And while you would love for your prayer life to be excellent or elite, that's not particularly helpful. It's too generic. 
But what if I ask you four more specific questions? I said, hey, I want you to rate this one through five. Number one, frequency. During a given week, how frequent are you in conversation with God? Number two, intensity. When you are praying, how focused are you on God? How emotionally invested are you? And you rate that one through five. Number three, tell me about your variety. How many different things do you talk to God about? How many different people do you take before the throne room of God? And then lastly, effect. What is the effect of your prayers? How are you different when they are done? How long do you carry them with you? By the way, I'm a slave to acronyms, so that's F-I-V-E. Couldn't help myself. So let's say you go out this week and you write that down somewhere and you say, I'm going to make moves in how frequently I talk to God because that's my thing. I just don't go to him often. Or maybe you say, it's intensity. I pray several times a day, but honestly, it's not fully focused and you try to move the needle on that one thing. It may be that the key to an elite prayer life for you may simply be the variety that you just haven't brought enough of your life to God or enough situations and people. Now, those feel like specific enough, bite-sized enough efforts that you can work on. And if you just gave attention to the weakest of those four things, it would change the average, and before you know it, you'd be at 3.5 and growing. So as you can see, it's a little more than just picking something that matters, deciding that excellence is the goal, and putting in effort. You have to have a strategy that's more specific. Yesterday, when I was reading about all of this and putting it together, an article popped up from Warren Buffett about how to have a successful financial life. And I don't know, if I ask you, like, one to five, how's your financial life? You'd come up with some number. I don't know what that number would be. Chances are you'd like it to be at least one digit higher. But if I said, hey, go put in some special effort and change that, it probably would not be enough information to help you. Warren Buffett is pretty famous about saying that, especially in your younger years, there are three things that you need to do. First of all, you need to do a job that you're good at and that you love. Number two, you need to live beneath the means that are drawn in by that job. And number three, you need to choose good companies to invest in and leave it there. Now, if I ask you to rate those one through five, bad, average, good, excellent, in terms of the job you've chosen and your emotional attachment to it, in terms of your lifestyle relative to it, or how patiently and regularly you've invested, rate each one of those and you may find a weak spot. Now give special attention, or to quote Nick Saban, do special things with special intensity on raising that specific thing, and then as a result of this, everything changes. As another example, I know I've mentioned fatherhood quite a bit in this episode. I've been thinking about Tony and Brett. I'm pretty close with both of them. And it just so happens that I've been thinking a lot lately about my kids and how fast they're growing up and the way that I'm using my time and what I hope the outcome to be. And so I could fairly easily, because I've recently done this, rate it on that one to five scale, the kind of father that I believe that I am. And like you as a mom or a dad or whatever your role with young people is, you would love for that to be higher, right? I mean, it's super important. We only have so much time. It's a lot more important than other things that I used to labor and invest in and try to accomplish that, man, didn't even matter. 
But no speech from Nick Saban is going to make me a better father if I can't zero in on some of those subcategories that really are the things that need to be rated, where those individual numbers can be moved fairly quickly if given proper attention. So I would ask myself questions like one to five, how is your work-life balance when it comes to your family? One to five, how would you say you're allotting time towards things that are important to your kids? One to five, if your example is all they ever saw in you, what kind of a spiritual light have you been for them? Now, as I started rating those three things, work balance, time allotment, and spiritual example, it became easy to see where the attention needed to be placed, and honestly, it didn't take long to figure out practically what those things needed to be. So those are a few examples to encourage you. I think anything in your life worth doing that is truly valuable is worth doing well, and by well, I mean forget about average, and consider good to be God getting you started. Let's strive for excellence. Let's be the best that we can be. Do some evaluating this week. Get specific. Write down some one to fives. Start making a plan. And just remember, in everything God allows you to do, and especially things that potentially can glorify his great name, you've got to consciously choose among those five life choices. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over these five seasons is that there's nothing as powerful in advertising as word of mouth sharing between friends. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.